Hello, lovely listeners. What is it you want to take with you into your future? This concept certainly struck a chord with my client, Charlotte Fairbairn. I guided her through the full KonMari Marathon back in 2020. Yes, right before the pandemic hit the UK. So, before returning to more original podcast content next week, here's one final blast from the past. This is one of the very first episodes of Also in Pink, and it holds a special place in my heart. Hello and welcome to Also in Pink, the podcast all about lifestyle design, how we live, the clothes we choose, and how we organize our space. I'm your host, Alexandria Lawrence, a certified KonMari consultant and personal stylist. I'm here to guide you on your journey to live a happy, fulfilled life. Every Tuesday, you'll get new insight on what it means to live well, plus actionable tips. Redefine what's possible and create your ideal life. Our guest today is musician Charlotte Fairbairn. She's my first client case study. I helped Charlotte complete her KonMari marathon earlier this year, and you'll hear all about that process in just a moment. Charlotte is fascinated with human behavior and psychology. She's keen to help others and explore the mind-body connection through teaching, therapy, and coaching. Professionally, Charlotte plays violin and viola. We met on the early music scene in London and have had lots of fun playing in period instrument ensembles together. Charlotte, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm absolutely delighted to have you here. Oh, it's a pleasure. We we met on the music scene, although I haven't played the viola for months and months. Have you not? No. You've been very busy, though. Well, I shouldn't really admit this. <laughs> yes, that's true. Maybe I should cut out this section. We'll see. <laughs> so tell me, what inspired you to originally uh, book some KonMari sessions with me? What did you expect out of the process? I was really interested to talk to you about the things that you were pursuing and the things you were interested in outside of music. I like the experiences of life. I like exploration of new ideas and constantly thinking ahead to what adventures I might get up to and sort of how I want to live my life and all those big questions. Also, being someone that's had to move house quite a few times in the last few years, I am aware of how much stuff I'm dragging around with me that isn't necessary. I'm not really a hoarder, but I I do have that sort of uh, personality trait that doesn't want to let go of something just in case it comes in handy. And I, and I also have a real problem with waste and the sort of ecological problems we face around waste and the very sort of disposable way that we live. And so it really troubles me to put something to landfill. So I was really attracted to exploring that with you and seeing if there was a way that I could change those patterns a bit and and have a, a method I think by which I could create more of a space that I was happy to live in. Yes definitely I can see the appeal of, of a method. So did you know much about the KonMari method before we actually started our sessions? What made you think that particularly would be helpful? I did know about the KonMari method. My sister was really into it a couple of years ago. She didn't have a, a practitioner or someone to help her, but she enjoyed the book and she had a bit of a clear out and she found it very cathartic. The thing that I was feeling very much was that I have never really had a sort of collection of clothes, a wardrobe that I'm happy with. I'm the kind of person that's very happy to find really good choice pieces in a charity shop, but I'm also happy to spend a good chunk of money on something that I know has real value and that I'll really, really, really enjoy wearing. So I've got those two ideals. But 
what in reality you sometimes end up with pieces that don't fulfill either and they're just clutter. So I think the thing that inspired me about the KonMarie method was yeah, it's just the general concept that it is about how your body responds to an item. Your body informs you whether you like something or not. So often we make these decisions uh, with our head trying to rationalise and justify why we're keeping something. And actually, through the process with you, I totally learned that it's so much more important to listen to how you feel about something rather than just say I have to keep that because x y and z oh definitely that's so key and so many of us lose track of that along the way we all have so many other important activities that you often um, don't prioritize what's in your home what you surround yourself with or even take time to think about how you actually want to live which is quite a fundamental question so as one of my clients you've completed my official also in pink ideal lifestyle vision questionnaire yeah. and just wanted to know how you found the process of doing that and of course what your vision is for your ideal lifestyle yeah it's very relevant right now and it's also more difficult right now because of the pandemic so I'm actually thinking about these questions a lot in light of being a musician and losing most of my industry in lockdown. I've been thinking a lot about alternative career paths, but alongside leaving space for music to come back. In other words, I'm not looking for a new full-time job. I'm looking for other things that I want to do a bit more seriously. So the lifestyle quiz gave me pause for thought in terms of visualizing and, and connecting with what's really important to me about a space in the future and I think if I'd done that six months ago the answers would be the same in principle but I think that I actually as a result of lockdown I value other things more now than even half a year ago which is quite strange yeah oh definitely I think a lot of people can probably relate to that I've heard of so many lockdown realizations happening often positive ones as well realizing what you value in life I guess one positive coming out of that is having the chance to actually take time to think about what you want to do going forward it feels quite brutal because often when you make these big choices in life you're mostly in the driver's seat but a lot of us have had our hand forced totally and utterly by this situation but I do I do really believe in seeing the opportunities it's not just this situation in which life is unpredictable a lot of people have a lot of things that happen in their life you know their health or whatever financial reasons that they don't see coming and they have to adjust and that's actually what life is that we all have to adjust I really do see the opportunities in this and and actually to do something career-wise outside of music was already on my radar for the last few years. In fact, I've been exploring that and wondering and trying to come up with something that sticks. And I've had various explorations, but this just means that I'm going to be more proactive about that whilst I don't have much playing work. So it's not a total loss. It's just been a, a very emotional upheaval, I would say. Yes, I can completely understand that. And how about in terms of your second recent move during lockdown mm. the KonMari marathon that we did together would you say that that helped with your most recent move I wouldn't say that moving can be a, a, a pleasant experience but I was slightly gleeful about the number of boxes <laughs> because I was like if I hadn't done my clear out with Alexandria this would have been twice as many boxes um so yeah it was quite I was quite delighted obviously in the few months since our 
time together, particularly because of lockdown. I've acquired some other, some new kind of riffraff that is due for a, a second clear out. But I did come across my two or three boxes in the cellar which were the things that we collected from the memorabilia section so they were basically anything that I didn't actually want to use in my room that I really felt that I couldn't get rid of for sentimental reasons and I just was so proud of the fact that basically there were just two two and a half plastic boxes um sorry about the siren uh they were just there were just two and a half plastic boxes in the cellar with all of that stuff in and no more than that. And I was just really chuffed because I thought if I wasn't moving in a, a rush right now and, and the charity shops were open and that kind of thing, I probably would have had another clear out just to get rid of a few things that I'd acquired that I didn't really need. Um, and, and obviously I'd moved into that room. That was a larger space than I'd ever had before. So I acquired my famous 20 house plants, which then all had to be moved. <laughs> So there were a lot of things that I didn't have before simply because you'd helped me design the space, how I was happy with it, and that required acquiring some things. But basically, the process, it definitely reminded me of our clear-out because I could see the benefits and I could see actually how things, even though I'd never really totally finished designing perfect storage solutions for everything, when lockdown hit, I actually found that things were just very well organised in my bedroom anyway, that it was quite easy to pack uh, in that sense and to get things out the other end. That's brilliant. I'm so glad to hear that. Mm. And I do love that you've collected a lot of plants. I'm uh, <laughs> definitely plant-obsessed myself. Mm. I saw a comedian, a little clip someone sent me of a comedian the other day, said a thing with millennials is that we, we move house every year and we can't afford to have children, so the thing that we do is have house plants. <laughs> That's <not> that. <laughs> That takes up our nurturing, you know, our capacity. <laughs> I just uh, thought of myself immediately. Oh, I love that. They're my only friends. <laughs> oh, so getting back to an important concept that you touched on earlier, responsible discarding. Hmm. I think that's a huge thing. And I believe in traditional KonMari approach, I don't think enough is made of that. Yeah, I feel the weight of all the missed opportunities when people get rid of stuff and you think the only reason you're getting rid of that is because you don't want it anymore, but actually it's perfectly functional and perfectly desirable by someone else who happens to want that one, one man's rags, another man's riches. We're so obviously at crisis point, but so few people seem to give a damn about it. I don't really understand that. So yeah, that really troubles me on a, an emotional level and I would love to see that being taken a bit more proactively by everyone, really. I know, I totally agree. I think we did the best we could. And I think those times where you have to literally just throw something away because it can't go anywhere else. I think you just have to accept that you're part of a system that hasn't yet figured out how to use the planet to the best of its ability and to protect the planet how we would all like it to be protected. It does grieve me to throw something away, but then that is just the life we live and change doesn't happen overnight. Grieving over every little thing is also counterproductive. We just got to do the best you can and seek ways to be as responsible as possible, I think. We've got a lot of big global issues around this and they're not going to be fixed by one person not throwing a biro in the landfill. We all work together to make our contribution, however large or small, which is yes. important, isn't it? Yeah. And so how about you? Did you have a favourite KonMari category when we did our marathon? I tell you what, it's a slightly odd thing to say, but I enjoyed 
I wouldn't say I enjoyed the process of the miscellaneous category because it's so vast and it's overwhelming and it's scary because it's just so nitty gritty. But that is the kind of thing that I struggle with the most. I enjoyed it because it helped me to make sense of it. I still can make sense of it much more than I used to be able to because we got rid of so much. We must have got rid of way more than half of what I had. So I know where to find things, which is extraordinary because I used to not everything would have been a lot more jumbled up and oh I'm looking for a pen knife where's that oh I'm looking for my stapler uh, that might be in with some some plant pot and some paints and I definitely enjoy that category because it just helped me to break things down into smaller groups and make sense of it all definitely and so when we got to the final category of sentimental items did you feel confident to take on those possibly more intimidating items that have sentimental value again the method really wins the day for a couple of reasons first of all as some listeners might know you deliberately leave that category to last so that you've actually practiced you flex those muscles and develop some skills being able to sift more effectively through all the categories so that by the time you get to the last one you've honed those abilities but also that you might end up with things as a collection and actually what you're hoping to preserve is the memories but actually you don't need all the rubbishly taken photographs and ones of someone's sort of head turned at a strange angle because you didn't quite get the moment and all those kind of things that we've forgotten about because we now have digital cameras and iPhones and stuff. Actually, I only needed one or two things to really preserve a memory. And actually, if you get rid of the ones that are less good, you end up with a collection that is greater than the sum of the parts because the few photos that you have left are the nice ones. I think I feel like what I've retained is stronger in the memories because it's concentrated and because it's only the vital bits and that's much more valuable than keeping everything just because you want to keep everything. That's beautifully put and that reminds me of the wonderful Joanna Lumley. <laughs> I think she's apparently always been quite brutal in the way that she cuts out photos, both of herself, that she doesn't feel are flattering or positive, and the same for other people. So she's curated her collection as well. Yeah. I'll have to fact check that, but I think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but for people like me, it often helps for someone else to help with that process. That's why it's so valuable having you there to do this whole thing with me, because that's very hard to do that yourself and someone else asking you the questions from the outside and guiding you towards what's actually important it really helps you see things in a new way and I even find when I'm talking to my parents about the, the clutter they've inherited or that they're sifting through in their own house and I notice um, that I actually have a, a slightly different perspective because of the clear I did with you that I'm able to reflect to them whether they want to take it or not. Yes, a different perspective and a, a new vocabulary and way of communicating that to other people. I think that's great to pass it along, <laughs> definitely. Imagine if you live the life you really want, you know, your dream life. Have you ever taken time to picture what it would look like? I mean, what it would really look like? We're not talking about the life you feel you should have, but deep down, the life you secretly want, your ideal life. Maybe you already have a vision. Picture an iconic VW camper van pootling down the coastal path. Maybe you're in Cornwall, the Amalfi Coast, or alongside a fjord in Norway. Yes, the scenery is stunning, and you're getting ready to stop for a picnic. 
there's a perfectly ripe, oozy cheese waiting for you. A selection of your favourite treats, and there may, or may not, be vintage vinyl and a portable gramophone to complete the picture. But... That's never going to happen, right? Hmm. Wouldn't it be nice to take a step back, sweep aside all your worries, and imagine that's where I come in? I'm your host, Alexandria Lawrence, and I've developed an exclusive questionnaire for the Also in Pink community to help you create a vision of your ideal life. Simply join the Also in Pink email list and you'll get instant access to our Ideal Lifestyle Vision questionnaire. Go on then. Make a cup of your favorite tea or whatever floats your boat. Go to alsoinpink.com and click Start Now. Redefine what's possible and create your ideal life. What was the benefit, would you say, of having a consultant work with you? I think the benefit was absolute. I think if someone's doing a clear out, it's possibly that they have not yet developed the way in which they wish to filter their possessions. The first question is, do I need or want this? And quite often, if you ask that for yourself, you can justify a lot of things. You really can you can justify almost anything to yourself but actually having someone to say do you really need that want that and help go through the questions of of what is it what the value of it is and actually does it require space in your house and your life and and all that and holding you to account was for for me invaluable and i think that you have an excellent mixture of quite strict but but encouraging so do you have a daily habit or ritual that brings you joy yeah I know you're going to laugh here but actually tending to my plants and appreciating them is probably the closest thing I come to a daily routine there's something about growing things and seeing things germinate and the seeds come up and the little shoot and then when they start to put out new leaves and shoots and little buds and things and then when they grow healthy and then you pop them out and then uh, there's something so magical about that and especially in this time that's been quite disturbing for a lot of us it's really been a source of hope for me and so I for example grew these really wacky they're like an Asian squash plants they have gone completely bonkers and I planted them out in a big bed in the garden and made a frame for them and I know it sounds really sad but this brought me so much happiness <laughs> and um, just I often will go up there every day just to see what they're doing because they they grow so quickly and I just I sometimes just go and look at them and go wow you're so amazing <laughs> I love that and can actually relate to it uh, more than you might think <laughs> yeah good so tell me Charlotte do you talk to your plants I actually do <laughs> So do I. <laughs> Normally comforting things, like when I'm pinning them up, I say, look, you're going to be okay because I'm going to pin you here. Then you can grab onto that and you can, you'll be fine. <laughs> Maybe I'm just giving myself pep talks through the plants. So I don't know. Oh, but it's wonderful. I, I do exactly the same thing with my indoor plants and even watering them. I'll say something like, oh, you're so beautiful today. Aren't you pretty? Yes. <laughs> I can really imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should take that as a compliment or not, but thank you. <laughs> Does your partner get the same love and attention, Alexandria? Uh, 
Mostly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Something that's quite funny, before the coronavirus or, or any of that, I was away for a couple of days and Ben needed to tend my plants for me. And he said that he even found himself talking to them. Oh, wow. <laughs> so everyone out there, it's absolutely fine. You should definitely talk to your plants. And actually, a daily habit, which I observed when we were working together. Tell me what you do when you boil a kettle. Oh, yes. I must admit, I've forgotten all about that in my lockdown life. I was essentially practicing a sort of mindfulness moment of just coming back into the present moment and observing what was going on over the last few years. I started to work on some Alexander technique with a really amazing teacher, which has helped my awareness of the use of my body a lot. And so I think that's something I was doing for a while whilst I bought the kettle was essentially running through a little mind map, sending my thoughts and my awareness around my body just to see how I was holding myself and how I was standing and letting go of unnecessary tension. And um, it's something I do a lot whilst playing and whilst working, but it's good to practice it as often as possible. Just becoming aware of something so much better, you can instantly make little adjustments that rebalance you. And Yeah, so uh, I was doing that whilst we waited for the kettle to boil for our tea. Yes, and... It's understandable that you would forget something like that during this crazy time that we've had recently with the pandemic. But now that you've remembered that, is it something you, you'd want to restart? Yeah, something that I've heard a lot of coaches talk about, that you can associate a, a new practice that you want to develop with something that you do every day so that you start to basically hardwire that connection in your brain, sort of fire neural pathways between something like brushing your teeth and envisaging your perfect such and such goal so you essentially build that practice into your life that's brilliant that sounds like a, a top tip for our listeners as well to finish off each show i'd like to ask you as my special guest some quick fire questions what's your most treasured possession and no judgment here so feel free that's a really tough one but do you know what uh this sounds very boring predictable and geeky but I might have to say my Baroque violin because uh, although I didn't actually purchase it myself, my family helped buy it because obviously violins cost a heck of a lot of money, but I feel that it's unique. It's 350 years old. Um, it's an English model from s circa 1670 to 1690. So it's super old. It was made during the lifetime of Purcell, but it's just, it's a unique instrument. It's incredibly beautiful. It's got some simple decoration on it, and I feel like sometimes you just have possessions where you feel your souls are knit a little bit, and I feel a bit like that about him. <laughs> He's called Henry, after Purcell, so that's really sad that one of my violins was my prized possession. <laughs> I love that, and I love that he has a name. And what's your favourite article of clothing or accessory? And this is something in your current wardrobe. Again, I find that quite hard because at the moment I feel in a bit of a state of transition. I'm hoping, in fact, to have some help from a certain Alexandria Lawrence about my wardrobe. Um, it's quite difficult for me to pick one thing. Near the top of the list would have to be my amazing bejeweled shoes that I got. I, I actually bought them in England shortly after a trip to India and everyone thought that I'd bought them in India because they looked like some sort of princess slippers, but um, they've got all these fake jewels on them and they, they are 
particularly beautiful and I always feel really special when I wear them. And that's an important point too, the way you feel when you wear something. Yeah, and like you helped me with my clear out. I didn't really know, I didn't really have any idea sort of what my quote unquote style might be in terms of dress sense. And I'm still not totally sure, but I, I think it was understated with a touch of sparkle. Perfect. I love yeah. that description. <laughs> and when we do our capsule wardrobe package together, we'll develop that idea even more. Great. <laughs> Thank you. So hold on, part two, everyone, if Charlotte wants to come on again. You won't recognize me. <laughs> so where do you go to get inspired? The thing that came to me immediately was into nature. And I love just being amongst green. I love being somewhere off the beaten track and away from civilization. I love walks. I love walks with other people and I love walks by myself as well. So there's something about being out in nature, being often on a sort of solo adventure that is deeply peaceful and deeply soul enriching, I find, and stimulating in a good way. That's beautiful. What's one book or resource you'd recommend for everyone? I think everybody on the planet should listen to a couple of Brené Brown talks. If you don't know who Brené Brown is, it's B-R-E-N-E with a Ford accent and Brown. She is a researcher on shame and vulnerability and I was introduced to her work by a friend a few years ago and she talks extensively about the, the way that shame and vulnerability affect the way we behave and live our lives basically and it was such a revelation to me and I see the truth of what she says in my own life but also all around me and I would just recommend her to anyone. You can actually find her two original TED Talks that follow on from one another. The rest of her work is expounding on those, but those are the sort of distilled bits of research that she started out with, and they are really beneficial, I think. Brilliant, and here's a very KonMari question for you, Charlotte. What are you grateful for? Oh my goodness. I'm so grateful for my family and my friends. My friends are just an extension of my family, really, but I have the most amazing blessings in the form of the people who are in my life, I think. And I've felt that for years and years and, and been very actively grateful for that, but never more so than in the last few months. So much has been tumultuous without wishing to sound melodramatic. It's been a really tough time, and but particularly April and May and bits of June and July as well were really tough. But I, I really have felt supported and loved over the last few months by the people that are really important to me. And so, yeah, that would be number one. I love that. And finally, what do you love most about life? I think I love life most about life. <laughs> I, I love the experience of it all. I think we have a cultural belief that life is all about moving towards the happy things and the good things and trying to avoid the bad things and the painful things. But actually, that's how we learn and grow, is to have the things that initially cause us suffering. What we do with the suffering is our choice, but I know it's easier said than done. But I think that life is actually about the whole of it and it's about experiencing as much as you can experience. And I certainly have come to realise that I think when I was younger, I probably thought that what I wanted to do was feel settled and 
You, you grow up thinking the thing to do is to have a marriage and have a house and have a car and, and a job and kind of just be settled. But actually, I think in reality, what I enjoy most about life is the variety and the ability to see things change and to experience change. And yeah, everything is uh, the more colour, the better, I think, for me anyway. Charlotte, thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure having you on the show. Oh, my pleasure. And I'm so grateful for your time. You're most welcome. And uh, good luck with the podcast. And I hope it all goes super sparkly well. Thank you. I love that. Super sparkly well is my goal. All right. <laughs> At least it is, it is from now. We're so in tune with each other. Yes, you do get to know someone on another level when you do a KonMari marathon with them. <laughs> yes. You know all my dark secrets now, Alexandria. That's true. But don't worry. <laughs> I'll keep them to myself. Client confidentiality. confidentiality. <laughs> Definitely. Well, looking forward to our next session. Yes, please. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, hope you enjoyed that chat with KonMari client and musician Charlotte Fairbairn. So, here are some key takeaways from our conversation. Use this time of upheaval and uncertainty to consider new possibilities. Life is all about making adjustments, so don't be afraid to explore those new opportunities. And it turns out, doing a KonMari marathon before you move house is a great idea. Yes, you too can be gleeful, like Charlotte, about your number of moving boxes. But don't just throw things away. Be mindful in how you dispose of those items you no longer want in your life. And whenever possible, donate. As Charlotte found, when left to your own devices, it's quite easy to justify keeping almost anything. That's where working with a KonMari consultant really helps. That outside perspective could be exactly what you need to break old habits and hone in on what truly brings you joy. And the support of friends and family is priceless. Take a moment to show those important people in your life how much you value them. Thank them for being there for you. And of course, talk to your plants. You never know, they might enjoy it too. That's our show then. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Alexandria and this is Also in Pink, the podcast all about lifestyle design. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to Also in Pink wherever you get your podcasts. And the absolute best way to show your support is to write a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. This really helps more than anything to promote the show. And of course, tell all your friends. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, have a wonderful week. Redefine what's possible and create your ideal life.